Hallelujah. Jesus is alive. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name. And the reality of that we are in Christ Jesus before his throne of grace. The on the mercy seat, there's the blood seal sitting there. And you are so satisfied by the sacrifice of the blood of Jesus. We are accepted in the beloved. We stand with a conscience void of offense toward God, toward you, my Father God, and man. We stand sanctified through the blood, ready to worship you, looking at your grace, looking at your love, and in Christ Jesus, and we are so satisfied and at peace with you. We give you honor and glory in the sanctuary, for we came to see your power and your glory, the power of the revelation of the spirit realm, power of the revelation of your love and your goodness and instruction and righteousness. We give you praise and glory. We look to you. Stand before him to worship him and adore him with every expression that you desire in your heart. Look at his grace at flowing from the mercy seat. Your joy is our strength, Lord. Joy of knowing what has happened in Christ Jesus. And today is the same. We are victorious in him. Oh, as I look to you. As I look to you, I see your grace overflowing. As I see your face, I feel your love. As I sing in your praise, I hear you singing it with me, Lord. I look to you, I see your grace overflowing as I see your face, I feel your love as I'm singing your praise, I hear you singing it with me, oh, for that enough, all that you Oh, yeah. 
want a freedom. Hallelujah. He has won our freedom.
that took our place and redeemed his sacrifice. It's your blood that you honor. Thank you for your mercy and grace towards us at church. Washing us continually as the river washed the stones and making us whiter than the snow, just like him in his glory. My Jesus, you are a precious sacrifice. You are so precious to us. Your blood so precious. Oh, it's your blood, tell me. It's your blood that cleanses me. It's your blood. It's your blood that gives me life. It's your blood. of the Lamb. It's the blood of the Lamb. It's the blood of the Lamb. It's the blood of the Lamb that can cleanse the deepest We bask in your presence, Lord, and we express our love for you through song. Above all, we express our love for you through the Spirit. We give thanks well. I love you, Lord. 
For oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Ha <laughs> your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me to the fire. In the darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. I have lived in the goodness of God. All my
All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been faithful. Glory to your name. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness. Of God, you will see. I will see of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. I will see of your goodness, my God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness. We praise you for your greatness. We worship you for who you are, perfect in all your ways. We magnify you. Thank you, Lord, that we are privileged to be in your presence. We are privileged for you to tabernacle with us and for us to be your tabernacle. We are privileged. We are a peculiar, most special people. In all of creation, you have chosen for us to be your temple, your house, your permanent dwelling place. You have chosen to bring us into fellowship and in communion with you. And Lord, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, we magnify you, we reverence you, we honor you with the fruit of our lips. We give thanks to your name. Hallelujah. Let's have a seat. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And we say so. Amen. We don't just say so, but we say so. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We say that we are. Indeed, the redeemed of the Lord. Bless his name forevermore. Glory to God. Well, praise God. Thank God for everyone that is here, everyone that is online, that is tuned in. 
And others believe God that the God grace is abundant and that God grace abounds towards you. Amen? And it abounds towards you for the purpose that so that you might have all sufficiency and that you might abound to every good work. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Fathers, we come before you this morning. We come in this, this, this moment, this hour. <laughs> we thank you for your goodness. Spirit of the living God, you are the teacher. It is not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit. You are our helper. So lead us and guide us today in the way in which we shall go. Take us into the depths of your word and of your truth. Help us to get a hold of it and help us to walk it out in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, t today's title, today's message and the title of the message is Applying Christ's Sacrifice to Obtain Victory. I always say a lot about the sacrifice. Today, I, I want to be a little bit more specific in terms of the application. How do you apply the sacrifice of Christ so as to obtain victory? Victory in any area of your life. Let me ask a question. Do you believe that God wants you to have victory in any area? Whether it be physical, mental, emotional, health, whatever it is. No matter what it is, that God wants you to have victory. Now the question is, is it possible for you to have victory in any area? Is it possible? Well, the answer is yes. And I think, you know, the sacrifice of Christ is going to be the way how. But God wants you and I to have victory in any area. So no matter what area it is, think about that area. God wants you to have victory in that area, and you can. Now, Psalms 84 verse 11 says, The Lord God is a sun and a shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. Grace and glory. Grace. That is the excellence, the provisions, the abundance, the supply, the, the sufficiency of God. God will give grace and glory. The glory is the very elements and the very essence of his being. In other words, if God is going to give grace and glory, and the, think about it. The, the law was given by Moses, but grace came through Jesus. Grace came. When Jesus came, grace came. Jesus is the embodiment of grace. So God will give grace, Jesus. He is the answer for whatever. And he will give glory. The glory is the very excellency of God. It is God's being. Well, if God is going to give grace and God is going to give glory, then it means then that God will give himself. Now, can God give himself and it not be enough? To cause victory in any area. So the Lord God is a strength and shield. And the Lord will give grace and glory. And there is no good thing that he will withhold from them that walk uprightly. So on God's part, there is no deficiency. There is no lack. There is no lack of ability to, prov to provide whatever is needed for victory. Because he will give grace and he will give glory. He will give the very essence of his being. He will give his very own self. You know, that is the richness that comes. The strength of covenant is that in covenant, 
God gives, God makes accessible to you and I all that he is and all that he has. So God will give grace and glory. And there is no good thing that tells you the willingness of his heart. There is no good thing that he will withhold from them that walk uprightly. So if you need a miracle, it doesn't matter how far out it is, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond. Why? Because he gives grace and he gives glory. So don't think that your situation is beyond his reach. Now it does say that he will give grace and glory and there is no good thing. Thank God, that's the willingness of God, the benevolence of God. There is no good thing that he will withhold from them that walk uprightly. Now when you hear that part, it is for them that walk uprightly. Right then you go, oh, I don't know if I could walk uprightly. Because when you see uprightly, you're thinking about some level of perfection. You're talking about some level of purity, some level of holiness. You're talking about keeping every jot, every tittle, everything of the law. Well, you can't do that anyway. But Jesus did that. But what is it, what, what then does it mean? That there is no good thing that he will hold from them that walk uprightly. What do you mean uprightly? The word to walk uprightly, what he's talking about is those that will walk in the truth of the gospel. The scripture says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 14, how that Paul was rebuking Peter. And when he rebuked Peter, he said that, Peter, you are not walking upright in the truth of the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the sacrifice of Christ. So if you said, Peter, you're not walking upright or correctly or accurately or, 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 or honorably in the truth of the sacrifice. Say the truth of the sacrifice. Let's expand it. Let's say the truths of the sacrifice. Now that's very important, the truth of the gospel, the truth of the sacrifice. Because then that scripture, Psalms 84 verse 11, will be saying, and is saying, that the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord God will give grace and glory. He will give, or when he gave you Jesus, he also freely give you all things. He give you his very own self, for he is glory. And there is no good thing that he will withhold. To who? To them that will walk correctly in the truths of the sacrifice. That then means that the sacrifice has the answer for any problem whatsoever in the realm of humanity. The sacrifice of Christ. So no matter what you need, no matter what the problem is, in whatever arena, be it financial, emotional, physical, whatever it is, it's a miracle, it has never been done before, the answer is in the sacrifice. And on our part is how can I walk upright or correctly in the truth of the gospel, in the truth of the sacrifice. What truth of the sacrifice do I need for my miracle? Are you with me? All right, now, so now let's, let's proceed. Romans chapter 1, all right, verse 16 and 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says, Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Well, the gospel is a sacrifice of Christ. So Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the sacrifice of Christ because it is the sacrifice of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the sacrifice of Christ. It is the power of God. The sacrifice is the what? Power of God. It is the power of God. It is the ability of God to produce results. What is the ability of God to produce the, the results? What is the muscle? It is the sacrifice. So Paul says, I am not ashamed of the sacrifice. I have full confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. It is the power of God. To what? Unto salvation. 
Well, what is salvation? It comes from the Greek word soteria. And the word, the word salvation means, it means wholeness, it means preservation, it means deliverance, it means healing, it means prosperity, it means every good thing. So there is, so, so the gospel, the sacrifice, Paul says, I'm confident in the sacrifice. It, has the, it is the power of God unto salvation to who? To everyone that believes. So again, here is our part, the believing. And we're going to find out that, yes, believing what? The truths of the sacrifice. To everyone that believes. And then it goes on to say, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And then it goes on to say in verse 17, why is it that this gospel, this sacrifice, is the power of God that can produce all kinds of dimensions of salvation and deliverance? It says, because, to them that believe, because in the sacrifice is revealed the righteousness of God. In other words, when you open up the sacrifice, what you find in there is the righteousness of God. You find that oneness with God. You find the authority of God. You find, you find the blessings of God. You find the promises of God. You find the word of God. You find all the rights, the joy, being a joint heir with Christ. When you open up the sacrifice, you see inside of it, oh, there is right standing. There is a freedom from condemnation and guilt and shame and insecurity and inferiority. When we open up that sacrifice, we see that there is a covenant, there is a strength that comes out of this covenant relationship that we have with God where all that God is and all that God has becomes accessible to us and that's in the righteousness so this righteousness is in the sacrifice it is revealed in the sacrifice so no wonder the sacrifice is going to be the power of God that can produce any dimension of salvation why because in it you have this righteousness and by the way, that righteousness is a free gift for us. Are you with me? That is why the sacrifice will answer any problem, and so will righteousness. Blessed be the name of the Lord. All right. Now, so let's slow down, back up, circle around a bit. Amen? But in a way, that's almost like the summary of the whole message. All right? So let's, let's come back in little pieces and chop it up in little tiny pieces, you know, bite-sized pieces so we could chew it and so on. Amen? Glory to God. All right. So, the gospel is the good news. The gospel is the sacrifice. The gospel is the power of God. First Corinthians 1 verse 18, again Paul says, to them that perish, the gospel, the sacrifice is foolishness. This Jesus dying on the cross, shedding his blood, resurrect, it is foolishness. But to us, us who are saved, oh, this is the power of God. Say the power of God. The gospel, this sacrifice, it is the power of God. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24 is going to say, Christ, and again referring to that sacrifice, is going to say the power of God and the wisdom of God. The power of God, oh, thank God for the power of God. But also the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God. That comprehensive insight into the purposes and the will of God. In other words, in this sacrifice, this is God's way. The sacrifice is God's way. This is God's wisdom right here. You see, that is why now, for, and that is why the scripture will say that the, foolish men, the, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. 
Because people will say this sacrifice is foolishness. But no, 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 no. This is God's way. This is how he has chosen it. He has chosen the weak things. He has chosen what people call foolish. He has chosen blood and all this. He has chosen what men call foolish. But it is the wisdom of God. This is the way of God. So the sacrifice is the power of God and it is the wisdom of God. Now, because that is the case, Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, reading from verse 2, Paul says, look, I am not really, I don't really want to know anything among you except Christ and him crucified. I don't want to know who's a doctor, who's a janitor, who's a lawyer, what happened in your past, this, that, and the other, your ambition. Uh, he says all of that stuff is cute, but I am not concerned about any of that. He says all I want to know is all I determined to know among you is Jesus Christ and him crucified. All I'm concerned about is to know your relationship with the sacrifice. Are you crucified with him? Are you resurrected with him? Have you embraced this? So he says, that's all I want to know. That's First Corinthians 2 verse 2. And then he goes on to say, because that is the case, I didn't come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom. I didn't come to you with a whole bunch of eloquence. I didn't come to you quoting big words and this and that. But no, I came with, with trembling. But I came in demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power for this reason. So that your faith and your confidence would not be in the wisdom of men, which is foolishness with God anyway, but that your faith and your confidence will be in what? The power of God. Paul says, I want your confidence to be where? In the power of God. In other words then, let's look at it this way. Faith, in other words, it is, it is God is, Paul says that your, that your confidence, that your faith would be in the, in the wisdom of God, in the power of God. That your faith might not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In other words, then, that your faith would be in the power of God. That your faith would be in the power of God. This is God, the Holy Ghost, talking, not just Paul. So listen, what is this saying? It is saying, God is saying that your faith should be in the sacrifice, which is the power of God. Not anywhere else. But that your faith should be in the sacrifice of Christ. Now, since God is not in the business of making suggestions, because he's God, but he's in the business of commanding, is that right? Therefore, we can say then that God is calling and commanding us that your faith should be in the sacrifice because that is the power of God. Receive that. Your faith. A commandment comes from the throne of God to your heart today that your faith is to be in the power of God, in the sacrifice of Christ. And of course, it is your answer. Amen? All right. The scripture says, without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. So if God is demanding that your faith should be in the and faith should be in the sacrifice, then it would also mean without your faith being in the sacrifice, you cannot please God. But of course, this was his son. 
This was the best he had that he gave to die a brutal death, to become sin, to be separated from him, to, 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 to take the crown of thorns, to go into hell, and to have to receive the very wrath and judgment and punishment of God against all sinners poured out of the sun. And then, and then and you decide, no, I, I don't agree with that. I'm not going to accept that. I reject that. Give me something else. Show me something smarter. Of course not. So, Without faith and confidence in that sacrifice, you cannot please God. Are you with me? We could come up with all kinds of religious ideas, and we could come up with traditions, and we could come up with night messages. We could come up with four points here, and a poem, and a song, and a this, and a that, and whatever, whatever. And we could do all these nice, cute things. But at the end of the day, hear the word of the Lord. You cannot please God without having faith, confidence in the sacrifice of his son. Are you with me? And it is the power of God on the salvation. Now, Moshe quickly let me prove this. Faith is confidence in the sacrifice. Now, I'm not making stuff up. What I'm sharing with you is what God has showed me. We're not talking about being as, about, uh, about um, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. There is no good thing that he will withhold from them that walk uprightly. I didn't make it up that to walk uprightly is to walk correctly in the gospel and in the sacrifice. God revealed that to me. And similarly, what I'm about to say right now regarding faith being the confidence in the sacrifice is something revealed. But let me reveal it to you from the word of God. The scripture says in 1 John 5 and verse 4, 1 John 5 and verse 4, whosoever is born of God overcometh. And then it says this, and this is the victory that overcometh, even our faith. What is the victory? Our faith. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Okay. But then in 1 John, sorry, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, thanks be to God who has given us the victory. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, first of all, what do you mean by through the Lord Jesus Christ? It means by virtue of what he has done. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? By virtue of what Jesus has done. Well, what has Jesus done? Sacrifice himself. What Jesus has done is called a sacrifice. So, what is that scripture saying? 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Present, past tense, continuous. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the sacrifice. So the victory is through the sacrifice. But then 1 John 5, 4 says what? This is the victory, even our faith. Put it all together, what do you get? Faith is confidence in the sacrifice. Does that make sense to you? All right. And in fact, if we had time and we go plugging in to various scriptures... I could say randomly to you, give me a scripture with the word faith inside and I could plug in confidence in the sacrifice and you will get further insight into that verse. For instance, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight, not by senses. So what would I mean? It means we walk by confidence in the sacrifice, not by sight. We quench every fiery dart of the devil with what? 
the shield of faith, so we quench any and every fiery dart of the devil by having confidence in the sacrifice. Give me another one. Give me another faith scripture. We were the just shall what? Live by faith. The righteous shall live how? By faith. It would mean then that the righteous shall live by having confidence in the sacrifice. Does that make sense? Now I encourage you, go find scriptures on faith and plug that in there and see what you find. Jesus said this in, my, in Luke chapter 18 and verse 8. He says, when he returns, will he find faith in the earth? Think about that. So what was Jesus saying when he comes when he returned, will he find faith in the earth? Jesus was saying when he comes back, is he going to find people having confidence in the sacrifice? Or, as First Timothy 4 verse 1 say, or would he find that they have departed from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits? In other words, would he find that they have departed from the sacrifice, from the confidence in the sacrifice, giving heed to seducing spirits? Doctrines of devils and religious mindsets that do not have the power of God. They might sound good, they might look good, they might have a nice chorus, but it is not the power of God. Are you with me? You get the point? I need to just emphasize this. I need to beat this in as hard as I can, which is what? Confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. This is the answer to any problem in the realm of humanity, this is the answer for your victory. Whether you're dealing with a little tiny headache or whether you're dealing with Lazarus being dead for four days. Doesn't matter what it is. Whether you're dealing with loaves and fishes, doesn't matter what it is. This is your answer. The truth of the gospel. The truth about the sacrifice. All right. So, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, of this sacrifice. Because it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The sacrifice is the power of God. To who? To those that believe. Why is that? Because therein, the righteousness of God is revealed. Thank you, Lord. All right. It is the power of God unto salvation. What is that salvation? That salvation, we can say it's, it's healing, it's this, it's that, it's prosperity. But that salvation, let's break it down. We can talk about it being the blessing of the Lord. We can go to the Greek. But that salvation is victory. Whatever here it is, that salvation is victory. That salvation is victory. All right. The scripture says in Psalms 85 and verse 9, Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, so that glory might dwell in the land. Salvation, near to those who fear him. What happens if salvation shows up? Glory. But then what's glory? Again, it's the essence of God's being. The glory is the, good, is the manifested goodness of God. Would you say that the manifested goodness of God in, some, in any area of your life would be victory? So what is that salvation? Victory. Does that make sense? Right? It's called, it's biblical, scriptural, logic, and reasoning. Reasoning in the word. How is that? Amen? All right. Now, so let's play with this a little bit. Salvation. Wholeness, the blessings of the Lord, victory. So the scripture will tell us when we break down the whole arm of God and maybe sometime we're going to teach that and just take the whole arm of God and break it down completely and you will see the entirety of the whole arm of God is connected to the sacrifice. We're not going to do that right now, but let's take a few pieces. Put on the helmet of what? Salvation. Ephesians 6 verse 17. Now, 
1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8 calls the helmet of salvation, calls it the helmet of the hope of salvation. So it is saying the helmet of the hope of, in other words, you and I are to have a hope of victory. Why? Because of this sacrifice. Salvation is victory. It is victory and therefore, and when it says put on the helmet of salvation, it's telling you think this way. Believe this way. Speak this way. Don't see your circumstances as bigger than bigger than bigger than that than, than this than whatever the promises of God. You see, you see, you you gotta look at it and think victory. Believe victory. Speak victory. We are more than conquerors. It says, "No weapon formed against you shall prosper." The Lord is rich unto them that call upon His name. Now, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the sacrifice. I have confidence in it. It is the power of God that produces salvation. It is the power of God that produces salvation, that produces victory. Now, the script, now a couple of things about that salvation, about this victory, about all of these answers, about all of these blessings. Number one, that salvation, all of that victory, all of that blessings, it's already done. It's already done. Say it's already done. Jesus said it's finished. Jesus says, Father, everything you've given me to do, I finished it. You sent me to fix all the problems in the human race, I'm done with it. You sent me to deal with the sickness, the disease, the sin, the poverty, the lack, the cry. It is done. It is finished. Now let's go further than that. Let, let, let's capture it is finished. We don't want to be just spiritually sounding. The scripture says in Titus 2 and verse 11, the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. The grace of God that brings salvation, wholeness, prosperity, deliverance, healing, blessings, liberty, freedom, perfect peace. The riches of God at Christ's expense. The unsearchable riches of Christ. The grace of God that brings all of that has appeared. So, you see, grace is an expression of every good thing that comes from God. Every good thing. No one that's connected up to glory. Every good thing that comes from him. That means that when we're talking grace, we're also talking anointing. We're also talking wisdom. And anything good that you could come up with, it's included. Well, the grace of God that has all of this wonderful stuff in it, what did it bring? It brought salvation. Now, it brought it, and, it's, and once you get born again, you got all of it deposited inside your born-again spirit. You've got to know that. You've got to believe that. You've got it all deposited in your spirit. That is why it will say in Philippians 2 and verse 12, to work out, work out your salvation. Draw it out. All the healing, all the deliverance, all the prosperity. I don't care what the problem is. You've got it all in your spirit already. Say, I already got it. That is the reason why Ephesians 1 verse 3 will say that God had blessed you with what? Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. That's why it will say when he gives you Jesus, he freely gives you all things. That's why it will say he's given unto you all things that pertain unto life and godliness. 
the law was given by Moses, grace came through Jesus. But now you see, are we going to come back to this? But it's all of this stuff that is here in your spirit. What happens sometimes is when we read scriptures like, you blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Uh, or or, or what it, uh, and these heavenly places, we're we looking somewhere. We're looking, we looking off. And we're trying to find some physical place somewhere. Where this place it is that we're blessed. But stop that. Don't, don't think like that. Think spiritual. He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly place in Christ, that's, in, that's not a physical location. It's a spiritual place. It's a spiritual place. So don't think physical. It's a spiritual place. You are a spirit. When you get born again, this, you, you are born again. The spirit of God is in you. You've got a born again spirit. And that's why it's right in there. That's the realm. And that's where you are seated. You know when the Bible says that we've been made to sit in heavenly places in Christ? It's not talking about some position physically. It is talking about the fact that you are seated and in the spirit, in this place of ascension at the Father's right hand, that's where you are. Now we're going to get to the application of the sacrifice. Because when we talk about the sacrifice, what are we going to have to talk about? Death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Where are you seated? The blood. The name. All right. So where is this salvation? Where, so, so we have all this salvation. We've got all this victory. You already got it. Say it's nearer than I first began. Say it's nearer than I think. It's nearer than you think. How near is it? Right here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, but let's, let's, but let's, let's, let's come at it from another angle. Because you see, I, I don't know about you, but if I'm searching for something, it helps me to know where to look. Amen? I don't want to be just beating the air and searching. I mean, I'm searching out in the parking lot, and in the meantime, it's in here somewhere. I don't want to do that. Do you? So where exactly is this? Okay, it's in the spirit, but tell me more. Uh, give me some more specifics. Give me some latitude and longitude. Give me some specifics. All right, so let's go back to where we were the last couple of weeks. Isaiah 26, reading from verse 1. In that day, they're going to sing this song. It will be sung in the land of Judah. And that day is now. We have a strong city. Say a place. We have a strong city. We have this place. And God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. And in this place, this place, and it's in the spirit. It's not physical. In this place. God has placed salvation, wholeness, deliverance, prosperity. Every victory is in this place. And it's walls and bulwarks. In this place, there's no violence. In this place, there's no curse. There's only blessing. There's only victory. So this is where it is. It's in this place. All right. The salvation is found in this strong city, this refuge, this stronghold, this place that the enemy cannot get into. Let me give you, let, let me give you, let, 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 let's see something else about this place. Salvation is here. Perfect peace is here. This passage is what's going to go on. Let me keep on reading that first. It will go on to say, open the gates and the righteous 
nation, the righteous people that keep truth will enter into this place. And God is going to keep them in perfect peace. Perfect peace is all the victory. Perfect peace is all the wholeness. Perfect peace is the answer to any problem. Peace in the midst of the storm. Peace is an answer to crisis. But anyway, in this place, there is salvation or whatever it is. It's all in this place. This strong city. It's a refuge. It's a stronghold. Psalm 62. Reading from verse 5. It says, My soul wait silently for God alone. For my expectation. Say expectation. My hope, my expectation is from him. Remember, the whole arm of God in which you're supposed to put on a helmet of salvation. A helmet of hope. Hoping for that victory. My expectation is victory because I got a covenant. My expectation is victory because of that sacrifice. I am confident in this sacrifice. So my help in my mind. Oh, there is storms around me. Oh, it doesn't look good. But I got a hope. I have a confidence. I have an expectation. It's in God. What is this, expect this expectation? My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation, my hope is from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. The Lord is my life and my salvation. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my health. The Lord is my wholeness. I'm telling you, when you learn to receive Jesus as your health, that's the end of sickness. Period. Period. When Christ himself, where it's not just healing, but when Christ becomes your health, sickness is over. Christ has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That's not my word. That is 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. Psalms 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and he is my salvation. He is my health. I, the Bible says when the life of Christ that is in you is revealed, he brings life and immortality to light through the gospel, the sacrifice. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10. Anyway, getting back over here. My soul waits silently for God alone. My expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. Let me tell you about that piece for a minute. He is my glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. Where it was talking about the hidden wisdom of God. The mystery that was hid from before the foundation of the world. What mystery? The sacrifice. Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world and you were in him. And that mystery that was hid for generations from before the foundation of the world. That the Old Testament prophets wanted to look into but they couldn't. But it was reserved to be revealed to our time. But what was that mystery? It was the sacrifice. So it says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 7 regarding that hidden mystery... That was ordained from the foundational world before time began. And listen to this. It was ordained for our glory. For your glory. For your excellence. For you to come into the intimate participation in the very nature and person of God. Jesus didn't just come to get us saved. But Hebrews 2 verse 10 says he came to bring many sons to what? To glory. Say glory. Oh, shakalaba. So here we are. My soul waits silently for God alone. My expectation is from him. 
He only is my, my rock, my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be moved. Of course not. God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in him. Trust in him at all times, you people. So, this place, say this place, it's a strong city. It's in the realm of the spirit. It's in your spirit. All the salvation, all the victory, it's already there. You got to draw it out. Remember, he's a sun and shield. There is no good thing he withholds. To them that walk uprightly. To them that will walk in the truth of the sacrifice. Our part is going to be believing and walking in the truth of the sacrifice. And we're getting there. But this place, this strong city, this place is the very presence of the Lord. It is the secret place of the Most High. It is under the shadow of the Almighty. It is the holiest of holies. It is the throne of God. It is the shadow of the Almighty, this place. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, He will show me the path of life in his presence. There is fullness. Fullness. I know we go on to the joy, but leave the joy. We're going to take the joy too. But in his presence there is what? Leave the joy. We're going to come to the joy. Don't, don't, don't get, the, the joy might distract you. <laughs> the joy is going to distract you. So leave the joy alone for a minute. In his presence there is what? There is what? Fullness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. And yes. And there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, all pleasures forevermore. All kinds of victory. All kinds of healing. All kinds of deliverance. It is the throne of grace. Now, listen to this verse of scripture. Hebrews 4 and verse 6. It says, come boldly. To that throne of grace. And the only reason you can come boldly, according to Hebrews 10 verse 17 right through to 22, is because your sins have been forgiven. God says, I have no record of them anymore. There's no record of it. It's been wiped out. And because of the blood, that blood speaks on your behalf. The blood is on the mercy seat calling out your name, declaring how righteous and pure you are. And so he says, you come boldly to the, come boldly to the throne, come boldly to the blood, come to the new and living way that Jesus has consecrated to the veil of his flesh, come to that flesh that hung upon the cross, that became sin, that took the punishment, come to there into the holiest of holies. Are you with me? So it says then, so Hebrews 4 verse 16, come boldly, now you know why, because of the sacrifice, to the throne, Hebrews 4, 4 verse 16. I was jumping between two scriptures. Hebrews 4 verse 16. Come boldly to the throne of grace. That you might. That you might what? Obtain. Say obtain. Now can I tell you a secret about that you might obtain mercy and find. Mercy and find. Mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now let me ask you something. Can you find something if it's not there? No. Can you obtain something if it's not there? No. So you are coming boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain and find it's already there. Are you with me? Catch that. It's already there. You are there to find it, to obtain it, and to take it. Sit on that for a moment because I'm, gonna go, I'm going somewhere else now. You're coming here to do what? Oh, man. Man, that should change your prayer life right there. Right there. When you come into prayer, man, 
I'm not here to try to get God to create. I'm just here to obtain. I'm just here to obtain. I'm here to find. Hallelujah. Mercy and grace to help in time of need. Now, I'm here to find. To find what's already there. Remember, it's finished. So then, so Jesus says, let me show you how faith operates. And Jesus talked about cursing the fig tree and all of that, remember? And then listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, 24. It says, therefore, understanding, say obtain. It's already there. So he said, when you pray, believe, you receive what you desire when you pray and you're going to have it. Believe you receive when you pray. Believe you receive when you pray. When you enter into the holiest of holies. When you come into his courtroom. When you come to that throne of grace. When you come into that place where all this stuff is. And you are here to obtain. To find and to obtain. Jesus says receive. Receive and you're going to have. If you don't receive, you're not going to have. You're receiving because it's already there. If you don't receive, what do you have right now that you didn't receive? The secret to having is receiving. So he said, come here, come, come, come on over, come here. That you might obtain, that you might find. So Jesus says, let me break it down. When you pray, believe, you receive, and you shall have. Here it is, here it is, here now. Just, what I'm about to say right now is, 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 is gold. You receive in the realm of the spirit. You receive in the spirit. You receive in the spirit. That's why you got to receive in prayer. That is why it's when you pray, you believe you receive. Not later. Not later on when you feel something, feel like it. Not, not, no. When you pray, now when circumstances change, when you pray, receive, because that's where you are. Because you see, the moment when, when God is, if I'm reaching out, that I'm giving something to you, you should take it right when it's there, not later. So, so the secret is so you're receiving in the spirit. Jesus said, receive and you shall have. You receive in the spirit, and guess what? Having is the manifestation. Having is the manifestation. So you don't, manifestation is not your business. Manifestation is not your business. It's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to receive. In the spirit. Now when you receive, now when we get it, then when we get it for it, then we see, now you have to receive and you stay in faith. And through faith and perseverance, through faith and staying in faith, you obtain the promise. Hebrews 12, verse 6. Truth. Is that, is that right? That's, that's, that doesn't sound right. Uh, no, no, sorry, it isn't right. That's right. Hebrews 6, verse 12. Sorry. <laughs> Hebrews 6, verse 12. That was a little, what do you call it? The Lexia thing happening there. <laughs> True. So your part is to receive in the realm of the Spirit, and then you hold fast without wavering. And through faith and staying in faith, you obtain. Through faith and staying in faith, you have. And no matter what it looks like, you just stay there. We're going to talk about Abraham, I know, pretty soon on, on, on Tuesday nights, coming up soon. You stay there. 
This, listen to what James said in James 1 verse 4. James 1 verse 4 says, Let patience have its perfect work so that you might be entire wanting nothing. James said that if you receive in that place of prayer and you stay there, your faith might be tested and trial, but don't move. Don't move. And he says, just stay there and through faith. And then he says, and let patience have its perfecting work so that you could be entire wanting nothing, so that you can have manifestation. Hebrews 10 verse 35 to 36 says, look, even though it doesn't look like it and it looks like it's not working, hey, 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 don't cast away your confidence. There's a great recompense of reward. And he says you have need of patience, perseverance, remaining steadfast. So that after you have remained steadfast, you've done the will of God. After you've stayed, after you've stayed, you will obtain the promise. Amen? All right. All right. So, the sacrifice is the power of God onto salvation. You know where it is? It's in the city. <laughs> it's in the city. It's in that place, and it's here. But it's to those, and we know we have how to get into that place, and it's for everyone who believe. To everyone that believe. Question, well, that's the believer. But believe what? What are you supposed to believe? Well, believe the gospel. What do you mean the gospel? The sacrifice. Believe the sacrifice. Now, listen to this, Romans 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, that's the sacrifice. Believing that God has raised Jesus from the dead is a sacrifice, is it not? If you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you're going to be saved. But what is that word saved? Make it whole, delivered, set free, whatever the miracle it is, salvation. Why? You see, if you confess and you believe the gospel, you're going to be saved, healed, delivered. Have victory with a mouth, with a heart you believe onto. Okay. What do you believe? When you believe the gospel, when you believe the sacrifice, is when you get born again. And you become what? The righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus was made to be sin. You might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So with the heart, you believe onto this righteousness. Bam, you get born again. But now, now that you are born again, now that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, and now you need not just being born again, but you need the element, other elements of salvation with the mouth. From righteousness, confession will be made onto salvation. So you begin to speak, and you begin, you begin to speak from that place of righteousness. From that place of righteousness. With a heart, you believe unto righteousness. And with a mouth from there, confession is made unto salvation. Righteousness. Say righteousness. righteousness. Say it again. Say it again. I'm going to come back to that. Matter of fact, I'm coming to it pretty well almost now. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I have confidence in the sacrifice. Because it is the power of God. It is the ability of God to produce salvation. Any kind of victory. To who? To those that believe. Believe what? The gospel, the sacrifice. Why? Why is it the power of God? Why is it? Because therein is the righteousness of God revealed. 
Therein is the righteousness of God revealed. You got born again, you're the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God is revealed, and it will say, there is the righteousness of God revealed, and the just shall live by faith. The righteous one, you who are not righteous, you who are righteous, say I'm righteous. Say it again. You're going to live by faith. But then what's faith? Confidence in the sacrifice. So you're saved. Thank God you're saved. You're on the way to heaven. That's settled. But now there's healing. There's deliverance. There's prosperity. There's freedom. There's joy. There's, there's liberty. There's a whole bunch of stuff. There's victory you got to have. So how do you live? By confidence in the sacrifice. This, the righteous shall live the life of the righteous. Let me put it this way. In other words, here you are, the righteous. But what's the life? The, the life of the righteous is a life where he's operating in oneness with God. He's operating in authority. He's free from condemnation. Oh, man. Oh, man. He, he just have God's rightness on the inside of him. But for the righteous to live the life of the righteous, for the righteous to live the life of the righteous, it's going to be by faith. It's going to be by confidence in the sacrifice. I'm going to put it this way. It's going to be by the application of the sacrifice. And this is why we're here, to see that. See the application of the sacrifice. And of course, what happens when you apply the sacrifice? It pleases God. Faith pleases God. Application of that sacrifice, confidence in that sacrifice pleases God. This is the victory that overcomes confidence in that sacrifice. This is the shield of faith, the confidence in that sacrifice. All right. So, what does the righteous look like? Because you are righteous, now you want to be it. Say, I want to be it. Amen. You, you're righteous. Every born again child of God is righteous, but you got to be it. And just in being it, that very righteousness is what comes out of the sacrifice. Man, they all get mingled up. So let's see. Let's, let's see this now. All right. What does this righteousness look like? Okay. What does this righteousness look like? Number one, oneness. Say oneness. Oneness with God. Oneness with God. So much oneness with God that it says, oneness with God, oneness with Christ. Galatians 3.27 says, as many as have been baptized into Christ have what? Put on Christ. Romans 13 verse 14 says, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put him on like a robe. Just get wrapped up inside of him so that you can't even be seen. As Jesus is, so are you in this world. So as Jesus is, so are you. As Jesus is, so you are to be. Say oneness. All right. That's an element of being righteous. The next element is authority. Having the authority of Christ. Having the authority. Luke 10, 19, it says, Jesus says, all power. First of all, in Matthew 8, 28, 18, he says, all power and authority has been given to me. And then he turned over to us. He says, here's my name. In my name, you should cast out devils. In my name, all of this authority, all of this power, everything I've got is in my name. You take my name, it's like if I'm there with you. Right? It's as if I'm, back, I'm backing you up. So he says, look, in Luke 10, 19, he says, um, all power. And authority. No, sorry. He says, I've given you power 
to authority to tread upon serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he said, all of this authority that I'm giving it to you in a nutshell is in that name. So, and the name and the person of Christ are one. The name is in Jesus. Jesus is the name. The name is Jesus. In my name, there I am. In my name, there I am. So, the scripture will say, whatever you do. Remember, they just got to live this way. Whatever you do, do all in the name. That means you do everything in the person of Christ. You do everything in that identification, all right? So, fine, wonderful, you got authority. So what? You got to do everything in the name of Jesus. You are one with God. So what? Put on the Lord Jesus. And then you have rights. You've got rights. You know, as a Canadian citizen, there are certain rights. Well, as a citizen of heaven, you got certain rights. As a child of God, as a joint heir with Christ, you have certain rights. Those rights are documented by the promises of God. All of them are yes and amen in Christ. So what do you do? You have confidence. The scripture says in 1 John 5, 14. I mean, if all these rights are yours, all these promises are yours, then here is the deal. 1 John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence that we have. Whatever we ask, whatever we ask, according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have, say have. Remember, having takes place down here, receiving takes place up here. All right. Hallelujah. So, and then there is right standing. Right standing in the sense, in the, because of the blood, God sees you as if you've never done anything wrong. As if you've never sinned. God sees you to how it would be if sin never existed. So, in the sight of God, because here you are in Christ, you've been baptized into him, and through the body of his flesh and his death, you've been reconciled to him so that in God's sight, you are holy. You are blameless, and you are without fault. Rahab was a prostitute. Somebody might be on today, you may have been a prostitute, or you may have been a bank robber, or you may have been a rapist, or some horrific thing. But when you accept Jesus in his sight, you are holy. You are blameless. You are without fault. There is no record of any wrongdoing. It's wiped out. So you are in right standing with God. And on the base and the reality of that right standing is, there is no condemnation, no shame, no, 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 no guilt, no, no insecurity. And all that stuff in the past, old things have passed away. All things have become new. Your old identity ends in the death and the burial of Christ. And you got a new identity, that new creation that came up in resurrection, that is seated in ascension, that has been washed by the blood, and now have the life of Christ as your life, the name of Jesus as the authority which you function, and all the promises of God as what your rights are. Amen. All right. And then finally, what is this? I'm just talking about what this righteousness looks like. You are righteous. Oneness. Rights. Authority. Right standing. And then also too, is being in the strength of the covenant relationship with God. Where God himself becomes your sufficiency. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. So, now let's go back to, let's go back to, I, 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 um, let's go back to Isaiah 26. 
So here is this city, and it says, open to me the gates to this city. And this is the gate, open to me the gates that the righteous might come in that keeps truth. Who comes in? The righteous. Who shall enter into this city? The, the, the righteous. This city of salvation with all this victory, who can go in there? This place of the throne of God? Can the sinner go into the throne of God? No. Can any? No. You got to be righteous to get in there. And again, as I said, it's a spiritual place. It's not a physical place. All right. Now, it says, open the gates that the righteous nation, the righteous people that keep the truth, say keep the truth, could enter. So you're righteous, great. But there's one other, there's a little but here. Keep the truth. They that keep the truth. What truth are we talking about? You could come in here where you could obtain mercy and find grace and find whatever it is. Victory, it's all here. The righteous, you got a right to come in here. But it's not just, it is the righteous, but it's the righteous that keep the truth. In other words, the righteous that is going to be righteous. Amen? All right. The keeping of the truth, I'm going to simply say to you right now, to keep the truth is, is being righteous. Keeping the truth is these, okay, well, let me back up. To keep the truth, what is the truth? Jesus is the truth. Does the Bible say that? Jesus says, I am the way and I am the truth. So then it is to keep the truth. Jesus is the truth. And it says, as he is, so are you. Therefore, you got to be as he is. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. You've got to, you got to keep Jesus. You got to be as him. Now, to be as Jesus, they said we don't know him after the flesh. You know him after the spirit. How is Jesus right now? Is he the Lamb of God? Is he still the servant as he was before the cross? No. He is, the, he is king of kings. He is lord of lords. Are you with me? And he is ruler. All power. All dominion. All authority. And as he is, so the truth is him. Now listen to this. Let me back up and put this differently. Jesus ended. Listen to this carefully. And I know somebody out there, you need to hear this, and you might need to dissect this for yourself, okay? It might be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to put it out there anyway. Jesus, when he died on the cross, he came to an end. He came so much to an end that the book, the book of Hebrews, when God raised him up from the dead, the scripture says, God said, not God the Father said, again I will be to him a father, and again he will be to me a son. What do you mean again? It means again. Why? Did it stop? Yes, it stopped at one point. Why? Because he became sin. Sin is the nature of the devil. Jesus says, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. Jesus had to take on that nature of the devil. He had to take on that sin nature that we had. So how was he going to, he had to be made alive in the spirit. Are you with me? You get that? So he had to come alive again here. The first begotten of them that sleep. So this Jesus that is alive, listen to this statement now. All that he is now, as Jesus is, so are we. All that Jesus is now is because of his sacrifice. Are you with me? All that Jesus, who is the truth, is now is because of the sacrifice. Ephesians 4, 21 says the truth is in Jesus. So if you're going to keep the truth and you're going to keep Jesus, then you got to, and Jesus, all that Jesus is, 
is the is because of the sacrifice, then when you find yourself applying the sacrifice, you will find yourself walking in truth and walking in Christ. Are you with me? Now let me go on another step. The truth is the word. John 17, 17, sanctify them with thy truth, thy word is the truth. Well, the word is the truth. Now may I say to you, that I'm t are we talking specifically, because of time, I'm just compressing this right now, as the word of the cross. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, Paul says, I'm not ashamed, for us who are saved, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The word of the cross, the word of the sacrifice, that's the power of God. The, the word concerning death, burial, resurrection, ascent, that's the power of God. So, this cross, the, this word of the sacrifice, the sacrifice reveals the righteousness, the sacrifice itself, and the word of that sacrifice is the truth. You know, I was thinking about this. Put on the gospel shoes of what? Peace. What does that mean? If, I'm to, if me as a righteous person, born again, put on the whole arm of God, dressed up, clothed with Christ, and I have on gospel shoes of peace, the gospel shoes of the sacrifice of Christ, then it means I got to be walking in that sacrifice. I got to walk in the blood. I got to walk in the blood. I got to walk in the reality that I'm ascended with him. I got to walk in the reality of every aspect. In other words, I live and I walk. I'm dead, crucified with him. I walk in the reality of this resurrection. Paul said that. I walk in this reality that I'm ascended with him. I walk in the, re I walk in the blood. I'm washed. I'm cleansed. I'm sanctified. I'm righteous. No, 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 no accusation against me. No condemnation. I walk in this life. The life I now live is the life of Christ. I live it by the faith of the Son of God. I walk in the Word, the Word of God. I listen for the divine utterances of God, the promises of God. That's all part of it. Are you with me? Are you, I walk, whatever you do, do everything in the name of Jesus. So that one little phrase, have your feet shod with the preparation and the readiness of the gospel of peace tells you you ought to walk in the gospel and walk in the sacrifice. All right, I got to finish, so I'm going to wrap it up right here. So what am I saying? For them, though who can, who's going to enter into this place with all this victory? The righteous that keep the truth. The righteous that keep the truths of the gospel. But what is the truth? Jesus is the truth. What is the truth? The sacrifice is the truth. So you got to do Jesus. <laughs> Does that make sense? Right? Do Jesus. Keep Jesus. Do the sacrifice. Keep the sacrifice. Now, blessed be the name of the Lord. So, we got to function in this now, just very quickly. So, when it comes to the oneness regarding righteousness, you've got to see that you died with him, you buried with him, you resurrected with him, you ascended with him. You got to see and vision one with him. One with him. It's not me here. It's him in me, him living through me. One with him. I died, buried, resurrected, ascended. One with him. Now, you see, the power of imagination is the power of meditation. And meditation is what, is what brings, is makes spiritual things real. As a man thinks in his heart. So that's number one. Where that oneness is concerned. Authority, you got to see yourself ascended with him. Seated at the Father's right hand. Where is that? Far above principalities, powers, devils, demons, and so on. You got to see that that name belongs to you. 
that name. That's, that's, that's the, we're talking application of the sacrifice here. What are your rights? Well, the blood. The blood says that there's been an inheritance. And the blood says the person that made, that the, the, the person that made this will died. And if a person that made a will died, guess what? The inheritance can now be possessed. The inheritance and the will is enforced, right? So the blood says, hey, I got all these rights. The blood says I'm qualified. The blood says that uh, the word of God, the life of Christ. So all of these things, and what is that speaking about the rights? The right standing, the blood speaks about my right standing and freedom from condemnation. Now if you have the very life of Christ, how could you have the life of Christ and be under condemnation? And guilt? And shame? No, no, absolutely not. That life of Christ is, is, is pregnant with purity and holiness that you could never achieve. That is why he's the end of the law for righteousness. So when you accept him and you embrace that as your life, man, there's no condemnation, no guilt, no shame. I mean, I don't care who did what in the past. I couldn't care. Doesn't matter. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. This is who I am. The life I now live is the life of Christ. That old person that did whatever, he was crucified with Christ. You say, but that, that happened yesterday. Well, that was not in my spirit. That was in my flesh. He's dead too. <laughs> anyway, I, can, I don't have enough time to, to, to fix that. So let me, let me just show them. Open the gates, let the righteous that keeps the truth, the sacrifice, enter in. And obtain what? Perfect peace. Perfect peace, all right? Now, here's what we're going to do. We got to finish. I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to pray this message into you. All right? I'm going to illustrate this in a sense. When I say I'm going to pray this message, what am, what am, what am I saying? I'm going to pray and I'm believing God. You guys come agree with me. I mean like get in here with me. Get in here with me with your faith, with your imagination and everything else. Because this is what I'm going to endeavor to do. You online, same thing. I'm going to pray and, and I'm going to pray in such a manner where it's like all of us, we're going to come through the blood. Come through the village veil of Jesus' flesh. Come into the very presence of God. Come into that throne room. And then once we are there... And we're going to do that. Uh, 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 we're going to apply the sacrifice so that we're going to apply the sacrifice so that we're functioning as the righteous. We're going to come in through the blood so that we can get into that place. And then once we are there, we need to obtain. So whatever it is you have need of, once we are there, right? As I said, just stay close. Stay close in the spirit. And whatever you're there, you need something. Believe. Receive. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look at it of, of how impossible it is. Don't look at how long the situation has been. Just get in there and agree and believe and receive in there. That's where you receive. Having takes place out here when you hold fast to what you receive. Does that make sense? Praise you, Lord. Are you ready? Amen. Just set your heart. Sanctify your heart. Set yourself apart to God right now. In the name of Jesus and you there online. And Father, right now as I pray, I pray not just for myself, but I pray for all those that are agreeing. All those that are coming in in faith. For we have all been joined together and we are one in the spirit. We are partakers of that same bread, which is Christ. We are partakers of him. We are members of one another. So right now Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, as we endeavor to come into this holy place and to receive whatever it is we have need of, Lord God, right now, Lord, we just confess and we just declare, say, I'm the righteousness of God. I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. I'm one with Christ. All of the rights of sonship 
They belong to me. I'm free from condemnation, guilt, shame. I'm free from it all by the blood of Jesus. Father, I thank you. All my sins are forgiven. The punishment has... Jesus has taken the punishment. There's no punishment for me. I'm holy. I'm pure in your sight. And I see myself the way you see me. I'm holy. I'm pure. I'm forgiven. And I am cleansed. Now let's continue. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we just come right now. And we come through the blood of the Lord Jesus. We come having this confidence that where there is remission, that our sins have been remitted, that there is no record of them. Lord, you said that this is the covenant that you are making with us in this day. And it is a covenant, Lord God, where all that you are, all that you have is accessible to us. So we know that as we come into this holy of holies, that the provision is there. The victory is there. And so we come to the blood. We come to the veil of Jesus' flesh that was torn. The body that took all that curse, that took all that punishment. We come on the basis of his sacrifice. And so, Father, we are here. We are here in your presence. Lord, you say, enter the gates with thanksgiving and the courts with praise. Lord, we thank you for all of your great goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you reached us. We thank you that you saved us. We thank you you've forgiven us. And oh, how great you are. How great you are. How majestic you are. Oh, Rabaka Sandaya. Just looking at creation round about us. Lord, we see your majesty. We see your excellence. And you are holy. There is none like you. You are pure. You are perfect. You are full of mercy. You are perfect in love. Perfect in kindness. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Oh, you are so wonderful. You are holy and Lord, we worship you. We bless you. We thank you that we are here in this place this holiest of holies we are here before your throne father and we thank you Jesus Jesus has given us an olive branch he has given us his name and he said whatever we ask the father in his name you will give it to us because we know it's already done. We know the blessings are here. We know that at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. We know that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. We know that it is finished. And we know that there is no good thing that you withhold from us, Lord God. As we walk correctly in this gospel. And so, Father, we come through this sacrifice. And right now, let's begin to receive. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm receiving right now what I came for. I receive my healing in the name of Jesus. Whatever it might be, just between you and the Lord. If it's healing, just take it. If it's a financial situation, just take it. Just take it in the spirit, in here. This is where you receive. Lord, we take that financial provision. We take that prosperity. We take that increase. We take that healing. You sickness, you disease, get out of their bodies in the name of Jesus. This is a God's temple. And God's, nothing is to defile his temple. Sickness is not to defile his temple. He is not glorified by sickness and disease. Disease, sickness, I curse you. Come out of their bodies in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. I receive your healing. Receive it into your mind. Receive it into your body. Receive that healing into your lungs in the name of Jesus. Receive that healing power flowing in your legs, in your joints, in your, in, in your arteries, in your veins. Receive that blood condition. Receive it corrected in the name of Jesus. That heart palpitation. Receive, receive your heart beating correctly in the name of the Lord Jesus from this moment forward. Receive it in the name of 
of the Lord Jesus. Kambanda horoso toko toko rababa manda rakete kadianda nderebe keteke sakadianda ya thyroid situation, pancreas situation, these minor organs. In the name of Jesus, I command you function normally. I speak divine healing power from the crown of your head to the tip of your toes. That situation that says it is not possible. It is a, it, it, it will take a miracle. Medically, it is not possible. In the name of Jesus, with God, all things are possible. And all things are possible to them that believe. So you receive your miracle. What the doctor says is not possible, receive it now. In the name of Jesus, I command divine healing. I command divine order into your body in accordance not to the word of the living God, which says, by his stripes you were healed. So Jesus has made unto you health and wholeness now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I speak supernatural divine provision. Let there be a performance, oh Father God, of what they, they are believing for. Let them be a, be a performance of that which you have spoken. Let there be a performance of that, final, of that promise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the right relationships. I speak peace to that mind. I take authority over confusion, over oppression, over depression. Go in the name of Jesus. In his presence there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Receive the joy of the Lord. It is your strength. No more oppression. No more depression. You spirit of fear. Go in Jesus' name. You have a sound mind. You've got the mind of Christ. God loves you with an everlasting love. There is no good thing that he's holding back on you. So receive in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Lord. Just thank him. Just thank him. Thank him specifically. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's end here for now. But the word of God says... That they that love, they that love his salvation, they that love that sacrifice, and the word of the cross, the word of that sacrifice, they'll never stumble. They're never going to be tripped up. But rather, as we, as, as we embrace the sacrifice and walk in it, and in the truths of it, the scripture says that there's going to be a broad entrance into the everlasting kingdom of God. And you'll be free from stumbling. Victory will become your testimony and the characteristic of your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Ian. Please have a seat, everyone. You received, right? Wave your hand to the Lord. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the richness of your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a moment now. I'm going to share with you uh, from 2 Corinthians 9, 6. We are getting ready to receive our tithe and offering and alms and whatever you want to give unto the work of the ministry. But this came to my heart in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, who's speaking here? The Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> he who sows sparingly 
will also reap sparingly. I know you know the scripture. Don't make it familiar. Continue listening very with your spirit. And he, say me, who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Verse 7. So let each give as he purposes in his heart. Say, I'm going to give as a purpose in my heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. That's very important. It doesn't matter who stands before you. If you do not not lead to give, you know, don't give. But when you give, give what God has deposited in your heart. Not gradually or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. What does it say here? God doesn't want a gift where you're giving it gradually. He wants to give you whether a penny or a million dollars, but he wanted to give you to give it cheerfully. That's very, very important. You might give $10,000, but grudgingly. It's not going to make the effect of $10. We're doing it cheerfully. Let's say go hand in hand. What you give, what you're going to give, cheerfully. And God, this is a promise. God saying, is able to make all grace abound come towards you, that you always, this very powerful word, always, not maybe sometimes, having all, again, say all, <laughs> all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. So all these all, God making, uh, able to make all grace, God's going to give all grace towards who? Say me. That me, having all sufficiency in all, may have abundance for every good work. Do you want to be ab- have abundance for every good work? So this is the, uh, the key. Give from your heart cheerfully, as has your purpose in your heart. And what? So you can abound, have abundance for every good work. What is the good work you're doing? But say, you're saying, I'm giving. But that giving, you're giving it to who? To Jesus. He received it in heaven. We receive it on earth. And we distribute it according to the guidance of the Spirit, according to the assignment that given in this house. So when you're giving to the good work that you believe in, in this place, you have abundance when you give from your heart and cheerfully as unto the Lord. Now verse 10. Now, not tomorrow, say now. That means when I give now, from my heart, cheerfully, to the work of the Lord. It says, now may he, God, who supplies seed to the sower, you are sowers when you decide I want to give, I want to sow where? In the work of the ministry that you're believing in, which is here. Or wherever you give, do it everywhere you give. Do that principle. But now since we are receiving the... um, um, the gifts to the Lord's ministry house for the work. Then it says, Now he who supplies seed to the sour me and bread for food, supply and add. No, and multiply. So if you give $1, he's not giving $1, he's multiplying it according what? What you're giving in your heart, how you give in your heart cheerfully. Multiply the seed you have sown and do what? Increase the fruits of your righteousness. I don't have to repeat what's righteousness. Do to do the truth, to do the sacrifice, and to proclaim the gospel. So he increase what the fruits plural of your righteousness. 
And now this is on behalf of the Lord Ministry House. It says verse 11. While you, the sowers here that you're listening now and God speaking to your heart to give. While you enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. When we receive your gifts as unto the Lord and distributing it, it's thanksgiving with the leadership of the Lord's ministry house and thanksgiving to who? To the people who's going to receive the ministry of this church in righteousness. Amen. So when you're sowing, you're sharing in the fruits of what's the ministry of the word going from this house, whether location, whether on the airwaves, whether on TikTok, on, on the live stream, on Zoom meeting, you are sharing with it. God increasing the fruit of your righteousness and the seed that you put with a cheerful heart. Okay, God will multiply it. Amen. Hallelujah. See, I received that. I received that. It's the Second Corinthians 9, 6 to 11. Father, I thank you for your people who's giving unto you, Jesus, so the gospel will be proclaimed through the Lord's ministry house in Jesus' name. And people here on location, you can raise your hand and somebody will serve you with an envelope to give cash or with a check, even in a credit card. Now for our friends and the body of Christ on live stream, there's uh, there on your screen a few ways to give. You can give by texting TLMHCA to the number 77977. You receive a text, and from there they give you direction how to give. You can always go to the Lord's Ministry House website, which is tlmh.ca and there on the top right there's a blue button you can give from there through your credit card and also you can download the app from your app store which is tlmhca tlmhca from your app store and there you can give from your app and not only this you will be enriched with every message that they preach from this place, articles, and many ways to connect with us. Amen? And also, if you are in Canada, you can e-transfer to info at tlmh.ca. And also, the normal way, the old way, you can always mail your check and money order to the Lord's Ministry House in Hamilton, Ontario. For the address, you can go on tlmh.ca and find the address. Amen? And Father, thank you for your goodness, the richness of your presence, the richness of your word, and the richness of your people. For you are, you said, Jesus was sent to make many sons to glory, and your glory will manifest through them and for them. In Jesus' name, we give you honor as we go our ways today, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us. We are one in Christ through the Spirit. We are guided by your, uh, by your Spirit continually, protected by your angels, covered by the blood of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Ghost working in us 24-7 to walk in health, to walk in wisdom, and his gifting of spirit of wisdom, counsel, might, knowledge, and fear of God and understanding. We give you honor for sending on this day, as we celebrate uh, the day of Pentecost, Lord God, his coming. You promise coming to us, the church, as Jesus has went up and asked you to send him. We honor the Holy Spirit. We thank you for his gifting, and he is with us always, even to the end. Amen. Hallelujah. You are blessed, as, as we always say from this place, stay blessed, stay strong, stay blessed. Hallelujah. Amen.